When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. Another beautiful day here in the New York area and hope the same for you. Uh, For those that are new to Sustainable Success, again, you can also find us on Facebook in addition to the Voice America Influencers channel at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. And there you'll find past episodes of the many great guests that we've had with great content that will help you not only in your business, but also to strike balance in your personal wellness as your relationships. Today's show, uh, we're going to be talking about the art of pivoting and embracing change. And before I introduce our guest, I do want to announce our sponsor that will be sponsoring the show today, and that is Empowered Fathers in Action. This is a new uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization that is dedicated to improving the father-son bonding process by getting to the root cause of limited beliefs that cause dysfunction between the father-son bonding process. And this is something that this organization is going to be planning to bring into schools with SEL programs, also working with fathers uh, through workshop programs nationwide, and also working with a wide variety of other different nonprofits to actually solve the problem and to create sustainable solutions that will make a difference for our future leaders to come. With that being said, I would like to introduce uh, our guest today, but before I introduce him formally, I'd like to give a bio about Adam Markell, who is the master behind the art of pivoting and embracing change. Adam is a speaker, author, and entrepreneur who inspires, empowers, and guides people to achieve massive and lasting personal and professional growth. A recognized expert in the integration of business and personal development, Adam speaks and mentors around the globe in the areas of business, entrepreneurship, leadership, and transformation. His latest book is the best-selling Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career in Life. He also hosts the Conscious Pivot podcast, where he shares his insights on pivoting in today's fast-paced market, interviews experts, innovators, and influencers to share their stories and wisdom in the areas of business and life. Adam is the CEO of More Love Media, a company dedicated to empowering individuals and businesses to reimagine, refocus, and capitalize on change in order to thrive in a world where constant disruption is the new normal. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce Adam Markell to the show. Adam, welcome. Chris, what a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you. I've been looking forward to this show today as well as the many guests. We've had a lot of people that had made comments on the uh, promotion for the event. So I'm definitely they're listening today and they're ready for a lot of wisdom from you in this particular area. And this is an area that, you know, a lot of people are struggling with either whether personally or in their business. And, you know, change is always inevitable, but it's not easy for people to embrace. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you know, those people that are out there on the fence, so to speak, in their business. Maybe they're looking to transition from, a, a career they've been into, into entrepreneurship, or maybe they're in already in entrepreneurship, but they're for some reason stagnated somewhere where they're at, or maybe struggling to find balance within their personal life and their relationships. Talk a little bit about the, you know, the art of pivoting and what would be the first steps to go about, you know, being aware of that. 
Chris, I think you've, you've hit on something really important, and that is that change is ever-present. It's, it's a constant in our world. It's, in fact, we sometimes refer to it as the law of change. And the way I look at it, having gotten this far in my own life, and I'll just blurt out my age, but anyway, I'm 53, feel like I'm 35. But, you, uh, you look 35, anyway, really me. <laughs> uh, you're being very kind. Anyhow, um, I, I look at change as that's, that's never going away. I mean, there are changes we, we love and there are changes we don't love, but the way we, we show up in the face of those changes, I think, makes a great deal of difference in terms of how we feel about our life. What, what is the experience of living that we're having? And so just start out by saying there's sort of three ways that you can approach change, or at least I've discovered three. One, uh, which is more classic and more, I suppose, common than any other approaches to resist it, to see change in some way as something that is threatening or that puts us in, in, in some danger. And, and it triggers these old uh, reptilian sides of our brain, this, this part of us that is constantly scanning the horizon for what could be wrong and what could, could threaten our very existence. Yeah. You know, we're constantly listening and looking and seeing you know, that is the noise in the bushes, for example, something that can eat me or is it something that I can eat? And, and so that's the way our minds are built. And so the first way that is typically uh, sort of associated with reaction to change is resistance. That's the first step. And the, the second piece, if you're sort of evolving in your understanding and your, your wisdom of, of, you know, what the world is about, which is that you, you look everywhere, you see how change is manifesting as evolution. Change is manifesting as, as innovation. Change is manifesting as, you know, was, it was rainy yesterday and today it's sunny. Um, you know, the, it was winter a month ago and now, now it's spring or, or it was spring and now it's summer. This is, this is the constant uh, reminder all around us that change is normal and natural. So you can accept change. That's the next step is to not resist it but to accept it. And the problem with acceptance, and, and maybe it's not even a problem, it's just something to be aware of, is that acceptance can lead to something uh, like resignation, you know, that you've got a, a problem with your body or something's changed in your body and maybe somebody's given you a diagnosis or maybe something's changed in your relationship where, where maybe some of the relationships in your life aren't going exactly uh, as planned or maybe somebody's passed away or maybe your business isn't working as well as you'd like or you don't love what you do for a living. You don't love your job or your career, um, which is very prevalent, more than 55% of those surveyed, recent Harris polls show oh, 55% of people are looking, actively looking for new work while they're still you know, at their present job. 80, more than 80% of people surveyed are not in the career that they feel is really theirs, the one, the one that would be the, their dream career. So there's all of this desire for change. And so you can resist it or you can accept it. And acceptance sometimes leads to resignation. Acceptance can lead to, oh, this is my situation. And that's, a, that's an evolutionary step above resisting it and saying, you yeah. know, there's something wrong, it's unfair, life is unfair, etc. But the third piece, the par- part that I think is really special, that I've only in the last few years come to really understand myself, is acceptance plus. And what that plus thing is, is really embracing. And I heard you in the introduction talking about how People can embrace change. And I think just at 30,000 feet before we get into more granular discussion of yeah. the process 
of reinvention or the process of pivoting, we've got to understand that the evolutionary step above just mere acceptance is to actually love it. Like Ram Dass said, to make friends with change. To, as I, I like to say these days, to make change your best friend. To see change as something that's not threatening, but is actually an extension of everything that's divine, everything that's natural. And if, if you, you know, choose to use words like spirit or universe, or I would say God, to see, the, to see the God, to see the spirit, to see the love that's inherent in every change is very different than either resisting it or, or merely accepting it. Yeah, that's powerful, what you talked about divine, you know, making it your friend. So true. So, so Adam, talk a little bit about when you talk about, I mean, obviously change is, you talked about the resistance and resistance is always something because like you equated to the fact that, you know, let's say somebody has to speak for a living, you know, or, or they have to use speaking to elevate their career. And it's like the last, they rather, they rather die than, than get up and speak in front of an audience. But, you know, is speaking going to kill them? No, but that's how they feel. So talk a little bit about that change, that, that resistance that can almost can paralyze someone or just keep someone just stuck where they can't, like they, they feel like they're in quicksand, they can't get out. Talk about like what are some ways that people can begin to embrace that change because it's inevitable, able to go with that flow. Yeah. Well, I, we, we, it's, a, it's a great example you're giving only because for, for my own personal story, I, I was a lawyer for 18 years. So this, this whole journey for me really began and still continues to this day with one, one really important moment of truth every single day. And that is the moment where I put my feet on the floor in the morning. <laughs> and, I, and that sounds silly sort of, but it, it's true that for me, anyhow, putting my feet on the floor has always been a, a moment of truth in, in, and almost like a litmus test as to how I feel about my life. Because maybe 10, 11 years ago, I would start my day in the same way pretty much every, every single morning, which was that I would put my feet on the floor and I would have this feeling, this sensation in my body that I could only call something like dread or anxiety. I I would put my feet on the floor in the morning and I did not feel great about what I was about to do, which was to get up and get dressed and get in the shower uh, or get in the shower, get dressed and get in the car and commute to New York City where I was an attorney. I I spent 18 years in the practice of law. I sometimes joke with myself and with other people. I say I'm a recovering attorney. And and at this point, I'm (laughs) fairly well a recovered attorney, I guess, at this moment. Um, And I used to start the day feeling miserable. I was in pain. That's where it began. And I think pain is one of those symptoms or one of those indicators, let's say, of something that's not, not working in our lives. And, and that was the, yeah. the pain I felt in the morning was this pain of sort of disappointment. Disappointment that in my late 30s, even though I had so much to be grateful for, married to my college sweetheart. In fact, we just a few days ago celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Four kids. And they're all healthy. I mean, it's like as a parent, we know that's the most important thing that we could ever want is that our kids are just healthy. So I had four healthy kids in an amazing marriage, and yet I would put my feet on the floor, and I would feel this sense of just disappointment, disappointment in myself, disappointment in my life circumstances. And I know now that I'm not alone in that. There's a lot of people that feel that way that maybe there's just more. There's, there's something oh, that they're there not is. doing that they, they're supposed to be doing or calling that they're not pursuing or, or just whatever. Maybe there's just even just struggle or worry around money or any of that. 
And, and so I would start the day that way. And, and I went on like that for years and years and years until I finally got so sick and tired of the pain that I had to make a change or had to pivot, in other words. And when I did, when I started to make these small changes, um, I, I learned a few things in the, in, along the way. I learned a process that helped me to make small changes or turn small changes into something really sustainable. I love the, the fact that you, you're looking at this show at focused on sustainable success, I was looking for the same thing. I wanted to create a sustainable change in my life, and I wasn't prepared at that time to just quit practicing law. I wasn't prepared to come home and tell my wife, I, I'm no longer a lawyer, or we're going to move to Fiji, or we're going to move to, I don't know, some <laughs> other place where the cost of living is, is a third, or, or, or whatever the case might be. I wanted us to have it all. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to have all the success of of. of on, on a on the on the more traditional scale, which I, which was what it looked like from the outside that I had, I was a lawyer, I had plenty of money, we had cars and houses and all kinds of possessions, but I was unhappy, I was miserable, yeah. and what I learned in that process was that success without fulfillment feels like failure. So I felt like a failure, and I knew I had to do something about it. And so when I did start to make small changes, which I'll, I'm happy to go into on the show as well, when I began to do that. What I learned became a process for me. And then ultimately, I wrote a book called Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life that became a big bestseller around the world. And I got invited to speak all around the world on stages. Many thousands of people spoke with, on the, with Tony Robbins, with Robert Kiyosaki, anybody you could think of. I started to be invited to speak on those stages and ultimately even became the CEO of a big company in the personal growth space that enabled me to put on those events and invite those same people to come and speak on our stage, which was pretty ironic. And so when you use that example of public speaking, I completely get that because I was terrified to speak at the beginning. I was terrified that, I mean, I, I sometimes say this now because we, we actually train our company more love media, train speakers. We do small intimate trainings of people who want to use their, their, public speaking to magnify their marketing and their message really want to get acquainted with their authentic and powerful and effective voice that maybe they can just have a, have a bigger cascade, a bigger message across the, the world. So when I started to speak and was so terrified of it, I had to get in touch with my, my real reason for wanting to speak. And, and once I did that, once I knew inside that there was a chance that my words could build a bridge that I, I could in essence, cascade a message of love throughout the world through all the people that I had the privilege to stand in front of and speak in front of. And in essence, it didn't, it was no longer about me. It was about who I had the opportunity to be in, in, in the presence of. My fear of speaking went away. Now, I embraced, so to go back to your original question, the difference yep. between me speaking when I used to get up in court in front of a judge, or when I started speaking initially, I was thinking to myself, I've got to do well. I, I've got to perform here. I've got to perform for my client, or I've got to perform for the people who've hired me to come in, or, or have given me this opportunity to put a, a microphone on, or whatever it was. It was about performance. It was about, <laughs> it was about going back to when I was eight years old, and... <laughs> And I, I didn't get A's in school or when I got bullied yeah. when I was 10. It was about me proving myself yes. again and again. And, it's, and when I came from that place, the fear was present with me all the time. And when I shifted to a place where I embraced the opportunity to speak, the opportunity to simply be present and to connect 
with other people, my fear disappeared. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't have fear. So people have asked me this a lot. See, Adam, with all the times you've spoken in so many different ways all over the world, etc., do you still get fearful about speaking? And the answer is yes, I still have something that I wouldn't equate to fear. I still, it's so important to me that I'm able to close the gap between myself and other people through that opportunity, whatever that opportunity might be. If it's five minutes interview on radio or it's staying in front of a few thousand people, it doesn't matter. That opportunity to connect and to share a message and connect with other people is so powerful in me that even though I'm an introvert, even though I'm shy by nature, I'm able to rise above that because it's not about me. And that is, and that is the key, at least in that context of what you just, you, you, you just asked about, which is public speaking. You go from being in resistance to that, to that speaking, having a microphone thrust in your face, or standing up in front of a group of people, whether it's three people or 30 people or whatever it is, you go from resistance past acceptance to seeing that opportunity as, as divine, as you said earlier, that, yeah. that you embrace it because it represents, it represents something so much more powerful than yourself. That, that's so true. I, I lo- what I love about you is, you, you know, the, the, the vulnerability piece, you know, especially for guys. I mean, it, it's so hard for us to be vulnerable. And, and I had to do that, you know, when I went through this process. And it's such key, especially when you're overcoming fears. And, you know, I really love the fact that, you know, the listeners are listening to your experience, how you made that transition from being a lawyer, having to get up every day to go into New York City and you think about there's millions of people that do that every day, whether they, they're doing, going to New York or L.A., whatever the case may be, just in that same area. And I want to when we get back after the break, I want to really look into the process. I like, you know, have the listeners understand the process of pivoting, you know, other than embracing change that they can make this transition. Like you said, doing it in small steps, not trying to do everything at once. And I think that's going to be really important. Again, everybody, you're listening to Adam Markell. We're discussing the art of pivoting and embracing change. And if you just joined us, we're going to be going to break, but we'll be right back. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes here on the art of pivoting and embracing change. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. 
Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, we're listening to Adam Markell, The Art of Pivoting and Embracing Change. And again, Adam is a master influencer, and he had shared in the first leg of the show, you know, a little bit about his background and how to embrace change. And what I loved about Adam's story is his vulnerability and, and something that true to my heart because something that I learned to do a long time ago was something that was very uncomfortable for me to do. But nonetheless, a very important part of the pivoting process, embracing the change. So, um, Adam, we're going to be talking about the the pivoting process. I think the process is so important because this is the the transition that people make, you know, whether if it's in their career or they're making trying to make a life change to become more healthy in their personal life or something in the relationships. So talk a little bit about the, the the pivoting process and how people can go about embracing that in, in, in strides. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Well, in the book, so in Pivot, we, we sort of break things down a bit into process. And I really think that process is very, very important. Um, in fact, I heard somebody just yesterday talking in terms of internet marketing terms. They, they said, you know, content is king. And then they said, no, 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 that's not true. Content isn't king process. And yeah. with, with our speaking, with the work that we do with, with folks who are thought leaders, we, we talk about context. And I won't get into that at the moment, but it, it's similar to process. So the process with, with pivoting, and, and I think this is, this is really one of the key distinctions, is that it's not about creating a plan at least not initially. Okay. In fact, I think a lot of people, that's one of the big issues when they want to make a change in their life or where change is happening by default all around them. And I think that is also something that we, we have to be aware of, that we can, we can either be on the design side of pivoting, we're designing a change, which is very much what Pivot is about, the book Pivot is about, or we can wait for change to happen, which is waiting for the universe to shift and, and do what it does naturally all the time, which is to just <laughs> never, never allow things to become stagnant. Things that become stagnant ultimately die. I mean, water, when it stays still, it doesn't move, ultimately becomes toxic. So it's the same for us. That this law of change is ever-present. So the way in which you handle that is, is really the key. And so it's not about creating the plan, not rushing to create a strategy or a plan too quickly, even though it feels good, and that's why people do it, 
They want to have that new plan and to have that strategy in place. And my process, at least the one that I, I learned by doing and I've now taught, is quite different. So we have a house. In fact, you and I just on the break were talking about yeah. this. We have a house in Cape Cod. And uh, for summer after summer, we, we go to this place and we, we have driven across this little bridge. There's a little bridge across a, uh, a lagoon. And a few years back when I was writing Pivot, I started to see that they were, they were doing something on the bridge. So my wife and I, we pulled over the car and we asked what was happening. And they said, yeah, the, the Army Corps of Engineers has determined, <laughs> it's like the Army Corps of Engineers, <laughs> God, has, has determined that this bridge uh, may not survive another big storm. And, and up in Cape Cod, they get serious nor'easters, even sometimes hurricanes. I think I know that there. bridge you're talking they, about. Yeah. <laughs> you might know the Lagoon Pond Bridge, right? So yes. they, they said, listen, th- this bridge may not survive, so we're building another bridge. And I thought, oh, my God, that, this is a perfect analogy for the pivot process, that they're building a second bridge. Now, they didn't tear down the first bridge, because if they torn down the first bridge before they built the second bridge, what would have happened, Chris? Well, but the same thing would have, would have happened, right? Again, I mean, you know, you got to be able to know what, you know, when you built that first bridge, you got to know what the, the, the flaws were before you go ahead and redesign the new one. You know, you got to be yeah, able to know exactly. the problem. And, and, and the people on both sides, even more, more obvious, I suppose, in my head was that the, the people on both sides, because I'm a little thick, I go, well, they everybody be stranded, right? You got people on one <laughs> side of the bridge, people on the other side of the bridge. Hey, Tear down the first one, build the second one like this, eight months of building that nobody can move, or at least not cross that bridge, right? So I thought, wow, this is so key that they are building the second bridge and maintaining the first one. And so, so, so yeah, so they, that's key, they, and that's usually kind of like, you know, because when you think about it, that's something, I mean, it does happen, but it's not always rare. They usually end up just putting a Band-Aid. They just kind of re-figure a way to kind of keep the original bridge, but that, that, that's, really, uh, that's really key. So in this case, you're solving the problem, yeah. not managing the problem. Well, what's real? You know what? What you just said is actually really cool too, because the the fact is that that's what people do, and and businesses do, and lots of us do. So I include myself in this: is that we look at a situation that's not working as we'd like, and then we put band aids on it. We try to fix it. So listen, yeah. I don't know what work they did on that bridge in the years past. I didn't see the band aid approach, but what they did in that moment was decide: look. A Band-Aid or a fix or what have you isn't going to be safe, and it's not a long-term solution. So what was amazing was that they were building the second bridge, and, and that's what I did. When I was miserable as an attorney, I knew I had to make some kind of a change, and rather than work on something that I had been doing for 18 years that I knew I didn't love and that really wasn't my calling. I mean, I was headed for a midlife crisis, and what I really wanted was a midlife calling, and so instead... I began to work on building a second bridge. I built or was building a plan B. Um, I remember coming home one day after having missed the kids going to sleep at night for God knows the umpteenth time that I had missed dinner, missed being home at a normal hour with the family and our kids were young at the time. And I walked in the door. It was one of these cold, rainy fall evenings. And I, I looked at my wife. I walked right up to her and I said, baby, if I keep doing what I'm doing, you're going to be a widow. And, and that was the moment, man. I mean, I, I took a deep breath. I was upset. She took a deep breath. She looked at me. And, and what was really a blessing that I, 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 to this day, I speak about it because I'm so grateful that I was married to someone and I'm married to someone that supports me at the level 
that she has always. So she looked at me and she didn't remind me of the houses and the cars and the responsibilities for four kids and two dogs. And we had gerbils and goldfish and all that stuff. (laughs) I had a lot on my shoulders. She didn't remind me of it. Instead, she said, we'll figure it out. And, And that's what we did. And over the course of two and a half years, we began to build this second bridge, this plan B. While not tearing down the first bridge, this uh, is the key. This is the part I want people to really get. Yeah, to this is. Great. I love this bridge so analogy. This bridge analogy is so key. Keep going. Keep going. This is awesome. <laughs> There's so many people out there who've written books. I got one on my shelf right now. I'm looking at it as I'm speaking to you, called Jump Ship, which I love. It was a great book. Josh Ship wrote that book, and you know, there's lots of books and and people that teach about. You know, getting leverage over yourself, high commitment, take a big step, you know, make a big leap, you know, take a quantum step in, in some direction, et cetera, burn the bridges, right? But that is a fallacy that the people that are burning the bridges or are, uh, you know, somehow, you know, that old analogy or that old story about you know, burning the bridges so you leave yourself no room to retreat. The people who do that and succeed in doing that are the outliers, they are not the people within the bell curve. And to me, I'm a guy, I'm not looking necessarily to be an outlier. I want, I want to do what works. And I know that the, 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 the thing that worked for me and that has now worked for thousands of other people that I've gotten to share this with is not, it's not about quitting your job tomorrow or moving to Fiji. It's about looking at creating that second bridge. And so we wrote the book Pivot as a way to describe how it is that you actually create that second bridge. And, and it, the story just gets one, just one more wrinkle to it, which I thought was amazing. So they go ahead, long story short, and they complete this bridge at millions of dollars and, and they tear down the old bridge. And now it's like a year later and we're driving right across that same bridge and we see that they're building something else. So we pull over it, go, okay, what's going on now? <laughs> and they said, well, that, that bridge that we built was only a temporary bridge. And now we're building the permanent bridge. And I thought, oh, it gets even better. You know, wow. it's even richer. There, there, were, there was right. a transition because, in the transition. <laughs> think about that. How often is it the case that you're wanting to make a change or that there's a change that you're dealing with? And, you know, we're, we're all involved in that process and thinking it's got to be perfect and thinking if I'm going to, if I'm going to make a change from one career to another or from one job to another, from one business to another, or I'm going to change my location, you know, go from living in beautiful New York or New England to living in California or living in, in, you know, China or wherever, you know, that somehow that's got to all be perfect. And it's going to be the only, you know, this is a big one. <laughs> this is a big one. It better yeah. work out, right? It's, it's only a time. It's, potentially only a temporary bridge anyway. Pivoting is an ongoing thing. Pivoting Uh, is something we do not once in our lives, but ongoingly. And so I thought that's just so beautiful, right? They built that third, third bridge now, which is currently the permanent bridge. At least it is at the moment. Who knows what the future will bring. But for now, when we go, we go, we drive over that bridge. It's like we smile and go, that's the bridge. That's the permanent bridge. At least the one that they envisioned as being permanent, and the other one was temporary. So, yeah, in, in many ways, Chris, the pivot process is one of building a second plan, a plan B. And the way that you do that is you start with creating clarity. And, and as I said a little bit ago, that 
too many times people are trying to find the strategy right out of the gate, and, and they're not clear. So there's two things that come before the strategy. There's two things that come before the plan, clarity and momentum. And clarity is about your beliefs. So in the first half of the book, we dive into what is it that creates our beliefs. And in many ways, some of those beliefs really empowering, are really empowering and empower us, and, and some of those beliefs are actually pretty limiting. And so how is it that you can clean or clear the windshield that you're, that you're looking out as, you, as you're driving down the road of life? Because if your windshield is clouded, which it is for so many people, oh, yeah. you have no choice but to drive slowly or, in some cases, to just stop. And we yeah, know you got to pull over and wipe through, yeah. who are stuck. Yeah. So how it is that you create the clarity is, is really important, looking at your belief system, looking at exactly what it is that you believe and why, and how it is that you can let go of some of those beliefs that no longer serve you at the moment. What are the fear stories that are running in your head? Because we all have five or six fear stories that are sort of interchangeably playing in, in our experience. How is it that you can get really dialed in in the moment now to what your true identity is? I think a lot of people are, are thinking that, they, that there's an identity that they were born with, and that's who they are. You know, that's why they can't change, or that's why their circumstances can't change. And when somebody, when they were eight years old, told them they, they weren't a great artist, or they weren't creative, or they can't make any money being a dancer, or they, they shouldn't follow their crazy dreams because that's you know, not realistic, or whatever it is, you know, those types of things are playing in people's minds, and they're a part of their belief systems. And to re-examine those at the age that we're at now is the key because who you are when you're 18 is very different than who you are when you're 38. And it's different when you're 52. And it's different when you're 76. I mean, it doesn't matter what your age is. It's a question of calibrating or recalibrating to the truth of your identity now. So all of those things sort of fall under this umbrella of what it takes to be able to create more clarity. In fact, I'll, I'll give very quickly uh, an yeah. exercise that anybody, everybody can do now if you wanted to create more clarity in your life in the moment, we're going to do it in a, in a bit of a counterintuitive way. All you need to do is create a T-chart, you know, a left-hand side and a right-hand side. And on the left-hand side, the category is called what doesn't work. What doesn't work? And you write down a list of all the things in your life that, that, that you know don't work, the things that you do not want, the things that do not work. And all that goes on the left-hand side. And for most people, that's the easy part. Like, you could create a list of all the things you don't want. You don't want to lose money. You don't want to be cheated. You don't want to have your boundaries crossed. You don't want to be abused. You, it, you don't want to be 20 pounds heavier than, than you would like to be. All the things that you know you do not want are, go on the left side. And this is the part that really is amazing to me. Because when you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. I want to repeat that. When you know what you don't want, you also know what you do want. When you yes. know what doesn't work, in other words, you have great clarity. One crystal clear clarity of what does work. So if your folks are interested in doing this, it's just for fun. You go ahead and write it down on the left side, what doesn't work, and then look on the right-hand side and write down what you know does work. So for me, I, I once lost a bunch of money investing in, in real estate. And I, I'm an investor to this day, and I have been for a long time. But I made, I had the stupids. <laughs> I went through a period of well, I've been, I've been there, too. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Stupid. You know what I'm talking you know, about, right? I think, I think oh, absolutely. Do, right? oh I mean, Adam, what God. I loved about what you talked about, clarity, I mean, clarity is so important because you think about it, most people operate with clutter, a cluttered mindset. They may not realize it, but or like fog. They, and this is why, like you said, 
that a lot of times we have these things that we know that, that are that were you know that motivate us and that are, are from our true essence, but then there's those limited beliefs that were established you know in childhood and a lot of times they're like embedded at the subconscious level. We don't even sometimes realize consciously what it is, but that people are operating their lives from those limited beliefs, not even knowing it. And yet that's where you said clarity. So in terms of clarity, you know, we, you know, before we go to break, we have a couple minutes. Talk about how one can find that clarity. What would be a way for someone to tap into that, to get, get clear on, on, on seeing this? Perfect. Well, I'll finish the, the exercise because this is the. Oh yeah. Finish, yeah please do it. I, we can, we, we can pick that up said. after the break too. Yeah. No, no, this is perfect. I can do this really quickly, which is that when, when you know what you don't want, you get crystal clear about what you do want. So for example, knowing that the reason that I lost money in real estate was because I, I didn't really vet the people I, I was working with. And I really didn't do the due diligence, even though I was a lawyer and I knew better. I was my own client, which meant I had a fool, <laughs> a fool for a client. So I have this clarity about what it takes for me to invest to, the, to this day. I know that what's required is that I do the due diligence, that I check out the people and that the people are even more imp- important to me than the property. All of these things that are the wisdom of the, of the lessons that I learned in that process is how I got complete clarity about how I invest to this day. So left-hand side, you know what you don't want. Right-hand side, you get complete clarity on what you do want. That's just one small exercise among, among a series of things that we discuss in the book and even a 21-day plan at the end that, that incorporates how it is that you create more clarity. So when we come back, I suppose... I'll go ahead and share with you a little bit about how it is that you take that clarity and turn it into momentum so that you can actually make physical and, and other changes. Absolutely. No, it's so true. I, I, loved, I love this, what you just talked about. And, and that exercise is obviously one of probably several things that you list in the book, obviously, with you know, getting clarity. And, th- and that's so important, like when, especially when you talked about when people like want to make a you know, change they want to go right into the strategy or the plan, and 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 if they go into the plan or strategy, they you know if they have a cluttered mindset, they can't really see the big picture. I mean, they can't they can't properly plan because of that clutteredness inside. So clarity, like you st- you stated, is so important to get clear on what you don't want and what you do want. And and I think like when we come back, there are a lot of people that just don't really know what they want because they're not doing these things that you just talked about. So uh, I'm so glad you pointed it out. So you're listening again to Adam Markell. We're discussing the art of pivoting and embracing change. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. 
The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Uh, again, we're with Adam Markell, The Art of Pivoting, Embracing Change. We've been discussing the uh, process to embrace change and also the process of the art of pivoting. We had left off at the break where we were talking about clarity as that ties back to beliefs. And so, Adam, when we look at clarity and, you know, the next step would be in the train would be to take action or momentum. So talk a little bit about, you know, that part of the process from clarity to action or momentum. Yeah, it's I think one of those things that we we know intuitively that we can't just think about things and get our heads straight. We, We actually have to do things. In fact, there's a beautiful book called The Greatest Salesman in the World, Ogmandino. And in that book, there's a statement that that is roughly uh, weak is the person who allows his thoughts to control his actions. Strong is the person who allows or, or forces her actions to control her thoughts. And, and I think that's really important that we have to be able to take action, that being able to, because we have moods. I mean, look, what does that mean to me? It means that my moods and my my thoughts aren't always my best friend. My moods aren't always my best friend. My attitude isn't always my best friend, but my actions can be. So I, I, there's no question that to get into momentum, to get into action, to be able to, to make changes in our lives, we have to change our behaviors first. And so in the book, one of the things that we go over is the process for making those new changes, creating those new habits, if you will. And I, I love Covey's book, The Seven Habits, and, and it's you know, been incredibly transformational for so many people. And when I think of the word habits, I think of the things that we do unconsciously. And so 
as far as my own process has been, I wanted to apply consciousness every place I can, greater and greater consciousness. So just because I brush my teeth with the same hand every day and I know how to do it proficiently doesn't mean that it's good for me. It just means somehow or another, it's what I do. And I, it's natural. So I thought, well, what's, the, what's the, another step in the evolutionary path oh, toward, toward higher consciousness? And I thought, well, something that we do on purpose, something that we do with intentionality. And the, the, the name that I apply to that is rituals. Now, it's not a religious term for me. It just means something that is sort of a master habit, a consciously yep. done thing. And, and so rituals, to create new rituals is part of how it is that we can get into momentum. We can change things little piece by little piece. It's like building that bridge, that second bridge. We build it a piece at a time. And, and rituals are really important. So I'm happy to share with you some of the rituals or at least the most powerful ritual that I've created and I've shared with a lot of people. Um, but before I do that, I want to indicate one other thing. I want to share one thing that, that is yeah, please so do. important in the process of pivoting. And that is that we have to be able to create resilience. That resilience is really the key to success. In fact, I got to teach a, a team class at a business training, a, a training called CEO Space just recently. And I had a bunch of teenagers in there for an entire week. And one of the things I said to them that was so important to me and having been an entrepreneur since I'm 15, having been the CEO of a, of a, of a company with 100 employees and, and having sold hundreds of millions of dollars in, all, in products and things, all that, I said the most important thing that I've learned is that you've got to develop resilience, that we, mm. we have to be able to, to be alive and, and thriving day after day to be able to figure out how it is that things work, how, how we can develop wisdom. So there's really, you know, in this process of change, in this process of constant, never-ending disruption, there's really three things that are key to creating resilience. So here they are. The first thing is that you've got to be able to take a look at your situation. Again, remembering one out of every two people are looking for another job, just like one out of every two people are getting divorced and every other thing that's going on that might be called disruptive. We've got to be able to look at that situation and we've got to frame it up. We've got to create greater self-awareness around it and look at it and see it as something that's in our interest, that's in our highest interest. Even if we don't know exactly what the creative opportunity is in the moment, we've got to seek out that, that higher level of framing of, of the story that we tell about it. So the first part is to frame up. The second part is to extract the wisdom. My grandmother used to call the little distinctions in life, the sweet little things that we sometimes overlook, she called them little gems the little gems of life. You've got to find what's the little gem in the situation that you find yourself in, whatever that might be. We've got to be able to mine for the wisdom, in other words, because when we get the wisdom, when we understand at a greater level that something is happening in our interest, it's like getting a golden ticket that allows us to then advance. But so many people stay stuck in their story. They're, they're woe is me, or they complain, or they commiserate with other people who are the same way, and they get stuck in that place, and therefore they're never taking ownership. They're never really taking responsibility for the, for the things that are happening or learning the lessons that are required to, to give them that golden ticket to advance. So step two is that you find the wisdom, that you find that little nugget in there. And the third piece is that you create rituals for resilience. There was a Harvard Business Review article that came out recently where over 20 years they were studying high-performance athletes and comparing them to executives. And what they found was the best athletes in the world were the ones that could recover the quickest in between games, in between points in tennis, in between 
seasons in, in football or basketball or any of those things. The ones that were able to bounce back, in other words, to recover more quickly were the ones that were the winners, the ones that stood at the top of the podium. And it's the same in business. We've got to be able to be more resilient now more than ever before because the pace of change is exponentially greater every moment. And so the rituals that you have to create your recovery, to be able to create that resilience is so key. In other words, we're talking about self-care. We're talking about self-love. We're, we're ultimately talking about when you, when you are caring for yourself, when you're interested in yourself, when you don't see being interested in yourself at that level is when you don't see it as selfish in a negative way, but you actually realize that the stronger you are, the better you show up for yourself, for everybody in your world. That's a transitional point where that resilience helps you to keep going, to not quit, to not deviate, to find the answers because in business, in so many areas of life, we've got to keep pivoting until we find what does work. And so many businesses that have quit we're, we're so close to success. I mean, you know, YouTube, for example, people don't even know that YouTube started out as a video dating site. A video dating site. Yeah, well, that's they realized true. that the dating part, the dating part didn't work, but the video part did, and they kept that. So, again, maintaining resilience means looking at your situation, framing it up, it means finding the wisdom, and then finding these recovery rituals or creating really serious rituals for your resilience, including how it is that you start your day. So the last thing I'll say about that is I used to put my feet on the floor and feel dread. That's how this story began. Where it is today and has been for 10 years is that I wake up in the morning and this is my, my prayer for everybody. This is my intention that everybody that's listening to this right now will realize what a blessing it is that they woke up today. And that tomorrow, if they get that blessing again, they get to put their feet on the floor. They can be grateful. So they wake up. We wake up tomorrow. We're grateful for that moment, knowing that as we take that first deep breath of the day, that there are people who are taking their very last breath in that moment. And lastly, if they feel like saying it, it's been my ritual to do this for many, many years now. I put my feet on the floor and I say out loud, I love my life. I love my life. I love my life. You can even practice it now from wherever you are. Just whisper it. Say it out loud. Put your hand on your heart and say those words. I love my life. Uh, gratitude right there. Number one. I, I think gratitude is something that sometimes most of us overlook and take for granted. Because just what you said, you know, somebody could be taking their last breath. Somebody is in a worse situation than we currently are, what we think we are at that time. And, you know, having that gratitude every morning just just turns things into more into a positive. I mean, I mean, when I started incorporating gratitude, and even during you know very dark moments of my life, I saw the transitions. I mean, the blessings in those times, whereas I couldn't see it before, and that's so true. Adam, you know, we have. Uh, I wanted to talk just a, a little bit briefly about you know all these things that you're doing, all these great things, and you're working with so many different people. You know, businesses, entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches. Talk a little bit about, you know, how you go about working with them to kind of incorporate a lot of these rituals and, and, and pivoting skills into their own businesses. Thank you, Chris. I, you know what? We, we, as you say, we work with entrepreneurs, CEOs, people who are transitioning and mid, you know, sort of mid-career, not so much mid-life, but mid-career professionals that are making a transition or a pivot. When I, when I began to speak around the world, I found two things were surprising to me. One was I asked the question, how many of you are reinventing some area of your business or your personal life right now? And everybody's hand always seems to go up. Everybody's 
seemingly doing that. And then the other piece that I didn't expect was folks that came up to me and said, I want to do what you're doing. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to stand on stages and speak, even though I'm terrified of it. I still want to do it. And I want to get paid a lot of money to share an important message that I know I have inside of me. And so that began to be a catalyst for my future, for the future of our business. And, and to this day, we train a lot of people who want to transition out of what they're doing into other things. So we have an online incubator program called the Pivot Incubator, and people can find that at pivotincubator.com if they want to find out about how to work on this process, the process that's in the book Pivot, uh, digitally, you know, on their own and, and as a self, in a self-guided way. And then we had a lot of other people that knew they wanted to pivot into Speaking, speaking professionally, wanted to get paid to speak, or simply wanted to use speaking, their own voice, to be more effective in their marketing or in selling even, selling themselves within their company, selling, selling themselves to their investors to speak their vision more powerfully, authentically, effectively, etc. So those are folks that we work with as well. Um, but the people that are listening, I would say now that are on, on the line and are listening to this, or not on the line, but are, are, <laughs> are tuned in. I want to really offer them a special gift. It's something that really helped me at the beginning of my process, and I think it's appropriate that wherever you all are, wherever I am even in the moment, that we've got to ask better questions to get better answers. I think that's something, again, intuitively that we, that we understand and that we know. So the questions you ask when, uh, when things are unclear. As you said earlier, Chris, not everybody knows where they want to go. Not everybody has as much clarity in the moment as they'd like. Questions are one of those great ways to get greater clarity. It's a great catalyst for that. So the gift that we have are six questions that we call our pivot kickstart guide. And those six questions will really get people more aware. So that self-awareness that I mentioned earlier comes from asking better questions. And then, of course, seeking the answers to them. I'm not saying you're going to have the answer in the moment. Sometimes that's the case. But there's one thing I know, just like I know that, you know, sowing leads to reaping, uh, that night turns to day and day turns to night. There's always a cause and effect uh, relationship between questions and answers. So you will get an answer eventually. They can get that six-question kickstart guide for free, no no strings attached. They can go to startmypivot.com. That's startmypivot.com. And there they'll be able to download that guide, start working on the questions. And in addition to the questions, we've also got some of those rituals, the morning ritual and other rituals that we use to create greater resilience. Because again, I can't underscore it enough that whatever it is that we're evolving into, whatever the pivots are in our lives, we really have to be able to make them our best friend. We have to, we have to love them and, as you said earlier, to be grateful for them because it's a movement away from resistance and toward gratitude that is truly transformational, truly heart-opening. And so this Kickstart Guide is a great way to begin that process. Startmypivot.com, and that's our, our special gift to your listeners. Uh, Adam, thank you so much. And everybody listening and that will be listening on demand, please take advantage of this. This is gold. This is going to be stuff that's going to help you to make a pivot no matter what your situation. And also to let everybody know, we will be uh, listing this link also on the Sustainable Success 2017 Facebook page. So you could also click on it there. If uh, and, and again, we, take, we, we strongly recommend that you take advantage of that right away to get some more clarity to where you want to go and make those pivots that are going to take you from where you are to where you want to be. Adam, again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule today to join us. 
And again, I want to thank the listeners always that join us each and every week. We wish you a prosperous rest of your week, and we'll be back next Thursday. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.